so much for coming to church this morning. So cool to be in his house. And, uh, you know, you'd expect his presence to be in his house, wouldn't you? You would expect, I'd be disappointed if he didn't come. <laughs> and he went home on a Sunday morning, well, what did we do that for? He didn't come. So our friends, we had a good time, enjoyed some good coffee. He didn't come. He didn't come. You know, it's so good to be in his presence. We love his presence. Um, our understanding of his presence sometimes can be a little bit disjointed. That's why it's good to understand what his presence is and what his presence means and how important that is to us as believers. His presence isn't just a, isn't just a, it is a feeling, but it isn't just a feeling. His presence isn't an emotion. And we can get very emotional as, uh, as, as human beings, and some people are more emotional than others, uh, but his presence isn't about, just about emotions. Um, you know, you get touched by your emotions, you can take you all over the place. You get touched by the Holy Ghost, then something, that's something different. And our desire is to be touched by the presence of the power of God. The Holy Spirit visit us uh, as we meet together. And, uh, you know, we, we need to see that. We need to see, I believe, uh, the power of God touching lives. You know, people, people take notice, I believe. When lives get touched by the power of God. Amen. Amen. You know, I've been in situations where the people, when people get touched by the power of God, you know, that can, get, that can be judged and people judge things from their own perspective. Uh, but it, I, mean, I always say, you know, judge things from the word of God. Judge things from the word of God. When you see somebody get touched by the power of God, you know, it's very often it's easy to judge them, but you don't know their story. You don't know the, where they've come from. You don't know what they've gone through. You don't know where God has taken them and their journey to where they've got to where they are. God wants such every person. Amen. Every person, no matter where we've come from, how we got there. Uh, but each and every person, I believe, has some sort of background, has stuff going on in their lives that not everybody is aware of, but the Holy Spirit is. That God is aware of everything which is going on in your life, and he wants to minister to people in a very personal way. Amen. And church, I believe, should be the environment where that can take place, where people's lives get touched in the safety and in the, in the presence of God, where people go changed. Amen. People go changed. So I, I love what God is doing. You know, Father's Day, uh, this 2019 sort of goes down in history for Life Church, having God started something, doing something, broke in in a way. Maybe we weren't expecting it, but he broke it. We've been, we've been hungry for for a long time. Amen. You know, we have spent too long in church with church being ordinary. Amen. Church being, you know, almost like man engineered. Uh, but it's his church, it's his house. And um, he does things in a very powerful way. Sometimes we forget that we are, uh, we are supernatural. There were these ordinary people just touched with a little bit of God's presence. No, he, you know, when he breathed on his disciples, you know, he said, receive the Holy Spirit. He didn't just say, well, you know, have a little bit for Sundays. Amen. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. And they received the Holy Spirit. On the day of Pentecost, he said, he poured out his spirit on those who, who'd hung around. So that's, that group of people started off at about 500. You can do the maths, but 500, 500, 500 less 120, whatever that is, you know, three, 380, for some, for some reason had. Backed off. Hello? But 120 hung around. And, and, and when the Holy Spirit came and Peter got up on that day and preached that message which birthed the church, he recalled to those who were cackling and questioning, this is what was prophesied by the prophet Joel. That in the last days, 
I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. I'm a man, servant, I'm a maid, so I pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. So he said, on all flesh. So, you know, I, I take that as meaning all flesh. Amen? I take that as meaning all flesh. So, you know, I, I'm, maybe it's because I'm simple. But I take it as meaning all flesh. And so God wants to do things for every person. He wants to touch every life. Even those who, who are not yet part of the kingdom of God, not, he, he, he's desperate to, to touch them with his presence. Amen? Amen? So I believe we should be hungry for his presence. And that's just what I want to talk about for a few moments before we go this morning. We've got time, haven't we? We've got time. I'll talk about his presence just for a moment in... Um, the scripture on the screen you just saw just a moment ago, Exodus chapter 33 is where Moses is just, the 32 talks about Moses coming down the mountain, back down the mountain, he's, and as he comes down, he hears uh, something has taken place. He hears, hears a, a sound which he is unfamiliar with, because he's been gone a little while, and the people... Maybe they, they didn't know this song yet. He came. Because <laughs> they were getting frustrated because he didn't come. <laughs> They've been waiting for Moses for a long time to come down, and they got, were getting frustrated. So when they were getting frustrated, they started, when we get frustrated, we can start doing something times to manipulate and to put in place and to try and make things look like they're okay, make it look like we're doing the right thing. And he comes to the, he's coming down the mountain. He's with Joshua. Picks up. He says, "I hear some sound. I hear some noise going on in the camp. I hear the sound of battle." And Moses, "Whoa, no, that's not battle cry. That's that's the sound of singing. I can hear. That's the sound of partying. That's the sound of indifference. That's the sound of having a form of godliness but denying its power." And we know what they, you know what they done? They created a, a golden calf and, uh, and, they were, and they were worshiping this golden calf in place, of, in, in place of God. They were looking at something we talked about this. If you've been doing Killing Kryptonite, you'll know we've been talking about this in Killing Kryptonite. Um, but, um, you know, there they was something, they, they were worshiping something in place of God's. I tell you, it's, it's very easy for the body of Christ to get our eyes off of the true God and start worshipping something else. A bit like knock off Jesus. And so Moses in, 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 in chapter 33 is, is having to sort of re, reconfigure and re-get his eyes and the people's eyes back on their purpose and God's plan for their life. Because they, they come out of Egypt with a purpose. They come out of Egypt with a plan. They come out of Egypt with a promise. You know, how many of you have, have, have had a promise? Have, 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 a word, have had a word from God? And you see, it's, it's like it's, sometimes it's delayed. We get impatient. And Moses is having to get them back on track. And he's talking to God and God's talking to him. And he's getting them on this journey again. And in verse 14 and 15, he says, And he said, God says, my, my, my presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. And then, then Moses, then, then he said to him, this is Moses, if your presence does not go with us, don't bring us up from this place. Don't bring us up from here. So Moses is saying, you know, if I don't want to go where your presence isn't. You know, if, if your presence is going to be part of this, I don't want to be part of it. Now, sometimes we get ourselves involved in a lot of things, but his presence isn't there. We get ourselves involved in a lot of things that don't sort of match up with, with, with the word of God. Because maybe we've got impatient in waiting for God to do what he said he would do. 
I remember in a, we were in a church once, and there was a, one of these, it was a church where you had to raise hands, not in worship, but in voting. And somebody, we were talking about something in this, in this church meeting where things were being discussed. And I really can't remember what was being discussed. But someone put his hand up and said something like, maybe, you know, we need to help God out a little bit with this. I can't remember what it was, but it's, I thought to myself, man, this is not, that's not the way things should be. And let's get behind him and his purpose. So he said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. Then he said to him, if your presence does not go with us, don't bring us up from this place. So I don't want to go where your presence isn't. I believe as a body of Christ, if, if as a body, if the, if the people of God, if, if, if we would just say that more often, you know, if you're not going with us, I don't want to be there. If you're not in this in this, I don't want to be a part of it. I, I only want to go where you are. As I recognize I can't do life on my own. I can't get through this situation on my own. I need your presence. So Moses is here and he's, he's desperate to fulfill this commission which God has given him. And he comes down the mountain there and he's, Frustrating when he, when he hears what he hears. And so they're gathering in, they're gathering in this, in, in, in a, in a, if you like, in a knockoff Jesus. They're gathering in, in the name of, of this counterfeit. And God gets pretty ticked off about it. And they were, they were worshipping these gods that were chosen by people, but they became, so they become indifferent. They're living out this form of godliness, but denying the power of God. And I believe we should be a people who pursue the power of God. Who pursue the power of God. Not just doing things for the sake of it. Not just you know, doing things which are comfortable. Not just doing things which are easy for us. But doing things which demonstrate and bring about and activate the power of God. Now, too often, you know, church is, 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 is more like a Christian social club than a place where the power of God is manifest. You know, what a great place church is to come and, and socialize and, and be with your friends and connect and have relationships with people, with people of like minds. But in it, there should be a demonstration of the power of God. Where we look upon things and say, wow, that was God. I couldn't have managed that on my own. Without God, this would be impossible. See, God loves taking the foolish things of this world and the base things that confound the wise and demonstrating his power. And so then what they were, they, these people, they gathered around this golden calf and they were worshipping it. See, what we, what we gather in the name of will affect us. Hello? That only went three rows back. <laughs> yeah. What we gather in the name of will affect us. What we gather in the name of will affect us. You know, we become like the people we hang around. That's why it's important that we hang around people of faith. That's why I said, you know, be, to people who prayed for this morning to receive healing, be careful who you hang around the rest of the day. Oh, you don't look much better. Get they behind me. <laughs> and you could even call on something, begin with S. 
Well, how do you feel now? <laughs> Assuredly, I say to you, whatever things you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever things you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two or three agree of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it shall be done by my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three of you agree are gathered in, together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. They say when we're gathering in the name, we be, when we're gathering the name of someone, you know, we become like that person. We become like them. We become like what we gather in the name, who we gather in the name of. So Moses says to these says to God, he says, I need your assurance of your presence or I'm not going any further. I need your assurance of your presence before, but I'm not going any further. You know, he's able to speak to God, to commune with God. Says, I need your assurance of your presence in my life before I'm going to go any further. Because Moses had a huge task. Because he had a task of leading this bunch of grumbling complainers and criticizers. So their promise, they, they were the ones who had the promise. But continually he was, he was having to battle with, with their negativity. He was continually having to battle with their complacency. He was continually having to battle with them looking back to where they come from and say, well, it was better in Egypt. Well, for 400 years they've been crying to get out of Egypt. Desperate. In a place of oppression. But then they get out in the wilderness on the journey to where God has for them, and it gets a little bit tough and a little bit challenging, so they want to go back. I'll tell you, have you ever seen people do that? Isn't that incredible? How how we go, how people we will go back to, to, to what we knew. It doesn't matter whether it was right or wrong, but it was comfortable. Remember Ray Bevan preaching that message? <laughs> Maybe he weren't in the church at that time when he was spent a day wearing his mother-in-law's under- underwear because he got up in the dark in a strange house. And just because it's comfortable, it doesn't mean it's right. <laughs> Is that a true story? Well, it was Ray Bevan's story, so it's, a true, it's got to be a true story, isn't it? <laughs> See, just because something's comfortable doesn't mean it's right. And sometimes we, 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 we gravitate back to what is comfortable. We gravitate back to what is convenient. We gravitate back to what we know. But doesn't mean to say it's right. They're on this journey. Let's fast forward to Moses' successor, Joshua. You know, you, you know, you remember Joshua? You remember who Joshua is? He, he's one of the 12 spies who went into the promised land in Numbers chapter 13 to spy it out so they, they could just be a little bit more prepared when they get into it. And he goes into the promised land with 12, with 12 of the spies and... and And 10 come back and say, it's too difficult. 12 say, come on. Let's go up right away. Two of them, Joshua and Caleb. The Bible says there are men of a different spirit. God is looking, church, for men of a different spirit. Amen. And women of a different spirit, of course. But people, individuals who have a different spirit, who don't look at the circumstances, don't look at the natural and say it is too difficult, it is, too, it is unreasonable, it is unacceptable, who look at the natural and say we can overcome who will look at the giants in the land and say they are just they can be they can become under our feet. So Joshua is one of those. You know, he he was he was he 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 he, he was he waited he he basically wasted 40 years of his life. Because 10 people the majority said it was too difficult. The majority said it wasn't possible. So he wasted 40 years of life, and God preserved Joshua and Caleb, these men of a different spirit, who said, you will go and possess. You're going to take. You're going to have your mountain. You know, you're going to get over. So Joshua takes on, takes on from, from, from Moses. 
And um, in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 5, Joshua chapter 1, turn there if or you can get it on the screen if you haven't got your Bible, but um, Joshua chapter 1. Where's Joshua? In the Bible somewhere, isn't it? After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun. Moses says, and saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore rise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land that I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that, that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness of the Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, the great sea, toward the north, the sun, shall be your territory. And then it says in verse 5, it says, No man shall stand, be able to stand before you all the days of your life, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. So he says, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. So Moses, back in in Exodus chapter 33, he says, you know, I'm not going to go anywhere where your presence is. So if your presence isn't going to go, I'm not going to go either. He says, I'm going to give you, and he says, says, I'll give you rest. And then for Joshua, Joshua has, as I was with Moses. So as I was with, my presence went before Moses. I provided my presence for Moses, so I am providing my presence for you. As I was with Moses, so I will, I, will be, I will not leave you nor forsake you. You know, we know that God's presence, he is an omnipresent God, so he is everywhere. But we don't always see the manifestation of his presence. And we, church, we have to be a people who pursue a manifestation of his presence. When we come into this building, when we came into this place, you know, it had been a, it had been a nightclub, it was a bar, it stunk of beer, the floor was sticky with beer, there's bars around at the back, and it's just a mess. The presence of God was here because he's here. But it didn't feel like that because it hadn't been used for his presence. But when we come in, it changes the presence. For where two or three are gathered in his name, there I am amongst you. And so when we start worshipping, and we start bringing his, we, we start like usher his presence in, and, and the place is filled with his presence, and people are able to get touched and delivered and set free and healed and get salvations. It's here. His presence here. When we come in and, and, we, and we start and we start working, we start doing what we do as believers because we carry his presence. So Joshua, Joshua. God says, God says to Joshua, I'll be with you like I was with Moses. I'll be with you like I was with Moses. You know, Moses, Moses went where God's presence went. And Joshua, but Joshua still had to develop and maintain that walk with God. We still have to maintain our, our, our presence of God, our walk with God. Have you noticed that Joshua, Joshua's on a journey? He's living with a purpose for a promise. See, he wasn't discouraged at the size of the giants of 40 years earlier. They didn't discourage him. He looked at them and said, we're well able. Let's go up at once. Let's go up right now and take, take what is ours. And the other ten, they're looking at him and said, whoa, you know, we're just grasshoppers in their sight. And, and as we, they see us as grasshoppers. They see us as insignificant. But Josh says, we are significant. We are the men of God, we are the people of God. We have this promise. Church, you know, we need someone to forget that there will still be giants in our promise. How many of you remember that when you got saved, if you're a Christian, you've been a Christian a little while, how many of you remember as soon as you got saved, everything went lovely for you? Your life was just a dream. Everything was wonderful. Uh, the, the Red Sea parted in front of you and just walked through every, every challenge, every trial, just, the, the sea just parted and you walked straight through. 
No, there were some giants in the land. And, and, and you face some things. It came, comes up as a great giant before you. Uh, and, and you wonder, how can you defeat that? But, you know, when you get into the things of the Spirit of God and you, and you say, I, I can't go anywhere where your presence is. I need your presence to come with me. You know, you can overcome those giants. See, how many of you have overcome some of those giants? Well, it sounds like a few of you need to, need to hear the word this morning because you, you haven't overcome them yet. You said there were some giants. But, you know, come on, we, there are some giants in our lives that, you know, we need to say, okay, we can overcome these things. We overcome. We are overcomers. He is the overcomer. And we don't have to be taken out by the giants. There's still giants in our promise. See, many people never see all that God has for them because we're not prepared to face the giants. And we convince ourselves that we don't need to overcome those things. It's amazing how we will convince ourselves as believers that there are things we don't need to overcome. We probably wouldn't say that we're, we've convinced ourselves that we've not overcome we don't need to overcome them, but we allow them to dominate our life. We allow them to dominate our thinking. We allow them to dominate how we live out the purpose that God has for us. And so we bring God's purpose and God's plan for our life in, into our frame of reference. That's why the Bible says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, Do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed by renewing of our mind. Transformed by the renewing of our mind that we may know what is a good purpose and accept the will of Christ Jesus. <clears throat> See, maybe, maybe we, you know, we get in this place where we serve this knock-off knock off Jesus. We, we serve our interpretation of what it means to, 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 for kingdom living. And we serve, or we serve someone else's understanding. Or we serve someone else's thought, someone else has given us a thought. And we serve that thought on how to live out our life. And so we end up living with these giants towering over us. Church God wants us to break free from that. Amen. He wants us to break free. He wants us to break free. So God has a, bit of, a little bit of instruction for Joshua. Because in verse 6 through 9, it says, it says, Be strong and of good courage. For to this people shall you divide as inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may, may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn to it from the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success." Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. For the Lord your God is with you. So he's three times God says to him, be strong and be very courageous. So God is trying to emphasize and press home to Joshua that in order for him to be, yes, this same God is with you, the one who, you know, as he was, was with Moses, so will be with you. My presence is with you. My presence is for you. But come on, you've got to position yourself. You've got to position yourself to be strong, to be courageous. Oh, by the way, you've got to position yourself to be strong and be courageous. Oh, did you get it? By the way, I've got to, you've got to position yourself to be strong and be courageous. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, but that you may meditate on it day and night, and you then you will make your way prosperous, and you will have good success. So he gives him some instruction. Just because Joshua is Joshua, 
Just because God has, got a, has put a promise on his life, just because God has a plan for him, it doesn't mean to say that Joshua can, can just sit back and just expect things to happen the way God says they were going to happen. No, he says, come on, you know, you be strong and very courageous. Be strong and very courageous. Be strong and very courageous. How many you know you don't get strong, strong by sitting on your backside? You don't get to observe all that's written in the law by just sitting on your backside. <laughs> Let not this book of the Lord depart from your mouth, that you may meditate on it day and night, that you may make your, make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Oh, it's all about success. It's all about prosperity. No, it's about fulfilling the purposes and the plans of God's. And they're his, they're not yours. Sometimes we think that the plans and purposes God has for us, you know, the visions that he gives us are for us. No, they're for him. Oh, my vision, my vision, my purpose, my plan, my this, my that. No, it's, for, it's his purpose. It's his plan, which he's commissioned us to do. When the disciples, Jesus left the disciples, he, he gave them a commission. He said, you know, go make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. That sounds like a purpose. <laughs> and I'll be with you always. You know, sometimes we just take the, and I'll be with you always, Forgetting what it comes on the back of. <laughs> doing his purpose. You don't need him if you ain't doing nothing for him. Hello. <laughs> Jesus is with me always. Yes, he is. Yes, he is with you. Yes, he's for you, but church, he wants you to tap into him. He wants you to tap into him, tap into his strength. And tell you, when you tap into his strength and you go out in his name, he backs you up. His presence goes with you. His power is manifest. And I will be with you always. And I will be with you always. Amen. Amen. And chapter, so chapter 3, they come to the Jordan River. They get there. They, they've had, Joshua's been strengthening himself. He's empowering himself. He's, he's meditating on the Word of God daily, all the, all the time. How many of us meditate on the Word of God all the time? Meditating on it all the time. I don't know what your understanding of meditating is, but I believe meditating is just bringing things back into our remembrance, confessing the Word of God, applying it to areas of our lives. When we face the giant, we are able to just tap into the Word of God and meditate on His Word, bring it back to our remembrance. And that's why it's important that we know the Word of God. When we face the giants... We're able to go to a scripture. Go to a scripture. Go to a word from God and bring that into, bring that into play. You know, that's why Jesus was able to say when he, was, when he went into the wilderness and he was there for 40 days and the devil came and tried to tempt him and, and he's able to say, come on. And he says, well, you can do this and you can do that. And Jesus goes, it is written. It is written. Well, he was Jesus. No, you know, greater is he and is us. He is in this world. You know, the same spark, same spirit. Amen. Amen. Greater things than these you will do. And we need to be able to say, it is written. Don't you throw that garbage at me, devil. It is written. I've got this sickness in my body, but it is written. My thought pattern's gone all over the place, but it is written. I'm being told this, and I'm being told that by this person and that person, but it is written. Well, how, how do you know what's written? Because you meditate on it day and night. Amen. Amen. They come to the, and they and they come, they they come to the Jordan River, and what do they come to the Jordan River with? With with what do they come to the Jordan River with? The Ark, His presence. His presence is there. His presence is at the Jordan River, and and. And, and let's just look at chapter 3.
He starts giving some instruction. He says, yet there's... There shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. You have not passed this way before. See, many times as believers, we don't step into something fresh because we've not passed that way before. Church, God is continually wanting to do something new. He's continually wanting to touch us with something fresh. He's continually wanting to give us fresh revelation and fresh understanding so that we are able to step into more of the things he has for us. And so there's times in our lives when he says, well, you're not, you've not been this way before. You've not been this way before. And so he's given them instruction. This is the part of their journey. This is them crossing from one place to another place. This is them crossing out of one life to another life. This is crossing them from, from one understanding to another understanding. This is crossing them from, from a place of sickness to a place of health. This is taking them from a place of, uh, of confusion to a place of order. He's taking them into the blessings of God and the promises of God. He says, yet you shall stand, stand but you, you shall, uh, <clears throat> there shall be a space between you and it. About 2,000 years by measure, do not come near it, that you may know the way by way where you must go. For you have not passed this way before. And Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do mighty wonders among you. To sanctify yourself because tomorrow, you know, sometimes you, we just need, we're just standing on the edge of something incredible. We're standing right on the edge of a move of God. We're standing right on the edge of our healing. We're standing right on the edge of our breakthrough. We're standing right on the edge of defeating that giant which is ahead of us. And he says, come on, you've got to take some instruction. You've got to be very purposeful in how you live. You may have to change some ways, and keep, but keep your eyes on his presence. Just keep your eyes on the ark. Stay, you know, the ark was, the, the, his, presence, his, his presence there in the, form, in the ark of the covenant, which is where he, he, he was manifest, was, was, was a place where, he, he, where his presence was, where it was, there was blessing. Well, they couldn't touch it. So be very, very purposeful in how you handle his presence. Be very purposeful when God is wanting to do something new. And Joshua said to the people, you know, sanctify yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do mighty wonders amongst you. Then Joshua spoke to the priest saying, take up the ark of the covenant and the cross before you, the people. And, 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 it's, and of course, you know the story. When they, put their, when they put their feet in the water, the waters parted and they were able to cross. Because what looked ahead of them was daunting. What looked ahead of them was, was huge. What looked ahead of them was something they had never experienced before. You have not passed this way before. See, many Christians, we never go anywhere we've never been before. We've noticed some pages in the Bible we've never opened because we've never opened them before. <laughs> Amen? Now, because, you know, we, we, it's like we, some pages we seem to have stuck together because we don't really like what they say. We, saw, we, we took a glimpse of what they saw and we didn't like it, so we don't go there again. We're not... Hello? I'd say we have our own theology about that little bit of the Bible, so we just skip by that. That's Old Testament anyway, so... Give me New Testament, it's much nicer. Not been this way before. Just sanctify yourself. For tomorrow the Lord is going to do mighty wonders amongst you. Sanctify, what does that mean? What does sanctify mean? What does it mean to sanctify? I believe it just means a lot of things, but basically it's living for God. Doing the right thing by God. Doing the right thing according to his word. For their sanctification, there's a lot of washing involved, a lot of purification involved. There's a lot of doing things differently involved. But, you know, basically, he said, come on, it's just doing the right thing by God. Doing the right thing by God. God is always, I believe, wanting to do new things amongst us. He's always wanting to... Give us something fresh, something new, something fresh, something new, something we never experienced before. But so often, because we've never been there before, we never go there. We never even put our feet in the water. We never even try it. 
God says, sanctify yourself over tomorrow. On, 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 the, on the back of sanctifying yourself, you're going to see miracles. On the back of doing the right thing, you're going to see breakthroughs. On the back of doing it right, you're going to see right. You know, and, they say, and we talked about Joseph, Moses, Joshua, not letting the, the, the law of God, not letting the word of God go out of his mouth and meditate on it day and night. He had the law of Moses. And we sometimes think, well, we've got this law and that law. You know, this law and that, there's a Mosaic law, the Abrahamic law. You know, there's a law, the Ten Commandments and all that sort of stuff. That, you know, we, that's all Old Testament. We can do what we like now. But what about the law of God? What about the law of doing the right thing? What about the law of Scripture? There's some stuff in the Word of God that we just uh, that we just know the right thing to do. We just know the right thing to do. And we don't have to come to church on a Sunday morning and have a sanctification ceremony downstairs, you know, clean us all up before we come up. Because <laughs> if we don't, we're not going to receive anything from God. If you want healing this morning, just go to the back there. We're going to sort you out first, sanctify you, and then you can come. We'll pray for you. So we could wash you, scrub you clean. It won't make any difference. Amen. For tomorrow, the Lord's going to do wonders amongst you. Tomorrow, the Lord is going to do wonders amongst you. Church, I, I believe there's God wants to do, God wants to do some wonderful things. God wants to do some incredible things. God is already we're already seeing Him Him, him touch lives in a way that uh, we've not experienced before. We've already seen Him visit us and do things in a way we've just been you know hungry for for a long time. You know, getting a little bit beyond just the normal and the comfortable, and but just because it's comfortable doesn't mean to say it's right. And a lot of stuff is comfortable, but it doesn't, but it doesn't mean to say it's wrong. But is it the best? Is it the promise which God has promised? Is it crossing over the Jordan into something new, into a fresh understanding? And I'll tell you, as much as many of us, there's been times in my life when I've, I've been, been on the wrong side of the Jordan, if you like, and God has been prompting me to get across the other side, into something new, into something fresh, where my mind and my feelings and everything else have been stuck back in some old... Old-time religion. But, you know, sometimes we sing, I'm desperate for you, Lord. But we're not that desperate. Because if it means us doing something different or thinking something different or adjusting our schedule or just being a little bit out of place, we, we don't, we're not that desperate. I believe it's the miraculous that will get the eyes of the world on the church. And when they get their eyes on the church, they get their eyes on God. And it can happen on the streets, it can happen in the service, it can happen in your home. It can happen in your neighborhood, it can happen anywhere. If we pursue the presence of God. If we're hungry for his presence. And say, I'm not going anywhere unless you come with me. If you're not going to be there, I'm not going. To, I'm not going. I'm not in that place. I'm, I'm, I don't. You know, I've, I've been, I'm through with that. I just want to see Jesus lifted high. I want to enter into what He has for us. And there's many times there's places we've never been before. We've maybe seen it somewhere else. We've been a part, of, but maybe when we've seen it somewhere else, we've been hesitant of it. I, I'm I'm very aware that I was hesitant of a particular revival. And of the manifestations of that. But a few years on, with the benefit of hindsight, which is stupid, and I'm... How old was I last week? 62. I'm, 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 I was almost... I was thinking, if I had have stepped into that then, would I be where I am now? Because I was, I was resistant of it. Almost to a point of mocking. But I, was, I wasn't mocking the move. I was mocking a manifestation that didn't look like God. And I don't know. I wasn't sure that it was. Because in any, in any move of God, there can be counterfeit. And in any move of God, there can be a lot of emotion. 
But I have a sense of regret that I didn't step into what in to step in step into it then because I can see the benefit of hindsight and and and, and see what's come from it. I, I'm thinking, man, I just want to be in that. So when there's an opportunity for it to be sent again, I want to jump in. Amen. Amen. And church, I, I some of you younger people. Get hungry for the things of God. And older people too. Us older people. But get hungry for the things of God because, you know, however long we've got left on this planet, we need to be using that time. Numbering our days. Amen. Because our days are numbered. And making our days count. Making our days count. So if you're here this morning and there's something in your life, some area of your life where you say, you know, I, 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 I want to jump in. I want to cross over. Yeah, I've never been this way before. But I'm hungry for more of God. I'm hungry for it. I resisted baptism in the Holy Spirit and the things of the Spirit for years. For years. Because I've never been that way before. And I listened to too many other people. And I missed out. And in me missing out on something, how much more do others miss out because of the knock-on effect of me receiving something? See, my life isn't just about me. Your life's not just about you. Well, I don't like this. I don't agree with that. I don't think this. Well, so when did your life become about you? Hello? I remember hearing somebody come up talk. It wasn't this church. They went to another church and they, and they came to the pastor and they said, you know, after service and this, or the, one of the stewards and one of the stewards said, well, you know, it's okay. Uh, you know, I didn't, didn't get anything out of the worship. I didn't really get anything. The worship wasn't very good. And I couldn't really get into the worship. And, I couldn't get, and then the guy said, well, when did the worship become about you? Yeah. Yeah. See, there's this mind shift. There's this shift in how we see things. So me not stepping over the river and getting into something is, you know, it was about me. But what about those who I could have influenced if I crossed the Jordan earlier? In the things I missed. And church, in this season, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to just jump over the river. Step in. You see, those Joshua didn't. God didn't say to Joshua, "When you get to the edge, take a get get the priest there with the ark of the covenant and get them running like crazy." And when they get there, they got a leap. <laughs> you say jump and, they, and just hope they get across. No, he says when they put their, when they step, not onto the dry land, but into the. When they step into the Jordan, that's when it's going to pass. That's when they're going to see the manifestation. That's when things are going to change. You know, if they're just going to snap. You know, the priest did us on one side of the Jordan with arms folded. They're waiting. God said, we cross over. When's the water going to part? When's the water going to part? I'll get across when the water parts. When I, when, I, when I see the fruit of it, I'll go across. Amen? When I see the good stuff coming out of it, then I'll go across. When Bob goes across, I'll go across. Amen? Come on, when? For without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And he's the reward of those that diligently seek him. You know, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore, if anyone is being Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, and this life which I live in the flesh, 
just like all these other guys lived in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who died and gave himself for me. God still wants to minister to some people this morning who have never been this way before. Because God's speaking to you about some things. He's showing you some things. But because you've never been that way before, because you haven't seen it all mapped out, because you haven't seen it, you're not ever so comfortable with it, and it's a little bit of a new territory for you, you're just standing on the banks. Some people need to clean themselves up before they're going to be able to get across. God loves you so much. He will clean you up right away. He'll clean you up right away. For God so loved the world that he sent his son into the world that he might... Whosoever believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. God wants you to step into his presence in a fresh way. Let's just stand on our feet this morning, just, just as we. I was going to say, just as we close, I don't know that we need to close right now. Too many people never receive a touch from God because we close. We're not the department store that pulls the shutters down. They pull the shutters then just to keep you in. Is God speaking to some people this morning? And he's challenging you by stepping into his presence in a new way. God said to Joshua, I'm with you like I was with Moses, but you've got to be bold and you've got to be strong. Well, I'm not that sort of person. I'm not sort of a bold person. I'm not particularly out there in the front. No, Joshua, didn't, didn't you hear me? I said, be bold and be strong. No, I'm, I, you, you don't understand, Lord. I'm really not that sort of person. I'm just quite happy the way I am. God, God will just use me. He used little old me. I'm very quiet. That's just the sort of person I'm. No, did, did you not get it, Joshua? Be bold and be strong. Do not let the book of this, this law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night. That you may make your, make your way prosperous and that you will have good success. That's not for you, that's for me, Joshua. I need you to be prosperous. I need you to be a person of success. Because you're not doing this for you, you're doing it for me. Oh, people have told me that I shouldn't be, the focus shouldn't be on me. No, it's not on you. People have told me, no, no, prosperity isn't meant for people. No, it's not meant for people. It's meant for me. (laughs) Right now, God's just changing some thinkings. He's doing a bit of reprogramming. Maybe you're here this morning and you're and you're not even can't even say you're a Christian. 
You say, well, that's the way I, that's the way I am. I'm... Now God's speaking to you this morning. I know he can save. <laughs> I know he can save. I know he can break into the hardest hearts. Why, why, why do you keep fighting? I've never been this way before. I've never been in this service like this before. If you're here this morning, you want to step into something new and experience a greater sense of his presence, just come and stand here in the front. We're going to minister to you. Well, not us, but God. You want to step into a greater sense of this? Well, I've never been this way before. And that is one of the greatest hindrances to people stepping into the things, fresh things of God because we've never been there before. We only ever go where we've been before. We only ever like what we like. We never eat pizza because we've never eaten pizza. I started eating porridge last year, but because I, but I, I'd always said to my wife, I don't eat porridge. For nearly 50, nearly sixty years, I hadn't eaten porridge because I didn't like it. So I'd never eaten it, and now I quite like it. Come on, that's that's you say well, that's a bit trivial, but it's true. It's true. We don't do things. We never step into the things. How do you know what you're missing if you don't step into it? Oh, I'm just a fearful, ordinary, average sort of person. I'm not very adventurous. Oh, come on, get over yourself. Get over yourself. If you're here this morning, Come on, let God touch you. Go somewhere you've never been before. Do something radical. Allow the Holy Ghost to touch you. Who are you? I know there's two people here this morning. I don't know if there's any, any first-time visitors in the church this morning, but if... If that's you. Just come stand here in the front. Come stand. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody, anybody else? I, I'm just so, I just get so blessed when I see certain things take place in church. <laughs> My wife's bawling. Is anybody else? Come on. Good to see you this morning. Didn't realize you're in church today. Is there anybody else? Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Is anybody else? There's one more person somewhere.
rest of you just pray. Show respect for these people that are hungry for the things of God. Hungry for His presence. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Thank you. Thank you. Holy Spirit, come. In Jesus' name. This will worship this beautiful song. Some of you go and play stepping into things you never stepped in into before. You've never been this way before. I see a power couple here. I see a power couple here. In Jesus' name. To you our hearts are open. Nothing here is hidden. You are a one. 